Hi, honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you, and we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the comedy club on state in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a joke festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live endless honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a joke festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the D.C. Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Hi, welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I don't feel like that's even close to the kind of energy we need in this here podcast. I just saw your shoes. Okay, well, well, let's before you get into that, because there is actually some serious business to get to today. I want to say to everybody watching and listening around the world, to all our people in Libya, to all our people in the Balkan uh, area, to all the people in um, the Bermuda area, welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. My name is Moshe Kasher. I'm Natasha Legero. She's my wife, and she's got some stuff to say. But before you get started, Tosh, I um, have actually a serious announcement to make. Uh, and I know this is gonna, <laughs> I know this is going to, um, come as a bit of a shock to our listeners, but, uh, my hair is still long and I was unable to cut it, uh, due to a, a lot of complicated stuff. The job that I got completely fell apart at the 11th hour. I don't have the job. I didn't get the job. Uh, and the con- my consolation prize is that my hair is still long. He bought himself some Tevas. Well, that's separate. To celebrate not cutting your hair. So now you have long hair and Tevas. Okay, I say they're dope. And Natasha's been kind of roasting me. There's a lot you've been roasting me about lately, physically. What was it last night? I was getting ready for a show. I was getting ready to go do a stand-up show because I'm back doing stand-up. Outdoors only. I am not a fan of roasting your husband, but you've been wearing a half ponytail. Roasting your husband? Yeah, like I think you should like be nice to your husband. But, but sometimes you ask me what my opinion is. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> not what happened. I was getting ready to... I was going to... We were putting our child in bed. 
we were reading some of our favorite Bible verses to her, as we do every night before we go to bed. I was in the middle of uh, Jeremiah and Revelations. And Natasha says to me, hey, do you need to um, take some time to get ready for your show? And I was like, bitch, I am ready for my show. And she's like, are you sure? I go, yeah, I'm sure I'm ready. She's like, with your hair like that? Well, because you're doing like a half ponytail on top and then long hair falling down. Yeah, like, um, a ronin, like a no, samurai. It, look, it looks like, like a, a contract killer from feudal Japan. Anne of Green Gables. You look like Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> You look like um. It just looks like a woman, like female, like half. A like, woman, body. female. I mean, like it just looks like a female hairstyle. Didn't you get in trouble? Then you have a Wait, didn't you get in trouble before when you came to this uh podcast with your ignorance about uh uh gender essentialism when you were talking about uh workout tights and you were saying boys shouldn't wear those and girls should. Now you're saying boys shouldn't wear their hair in half ponytails with a kind of a hippie curls like hanging a down, fringe hanging down. I think I look like a Ronan. What's a Ronin? It's a contract killer. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. Oh, it's like kind of a Steven Seagal look. Kind of a thing. A Ronin, I believe, is a an, an independent warrior. It's a show. It's a samurai who doesn't work for a, a great lord. He's a, he's a, he's an independent contractor. I don't like that look on you. You don't like the Ronin look? No, I just it doesn't. It's it's not um what I remember. You know, it's not what you remember. Loving. <laughs> About you. Is that what you recall? <laughs> and then you got Tevas, and then you asked me where your Snoopy patch was. Okay, let me just say and a I few just things. And I don't know who you are anymore. Okay, well, first, that's what she literally said to me. She goes, "Oh, I, oh, I didn't. Oh, I guess you're just it's different, a different style than than uh, than I remember. It's like remember styles evolve, styles change. People, no, are, you were like, I'm, I'm fashion forward. Styles change. I said, I'm dope. I can dress well. I'm a good ass dresser. It's a, like one of my primary characteristics. I don't have a good personality. I'm not <laughs> mentally uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, advanced at all. I, I can do crowd work and I can dress. That's kind of all I got. And I got a thick dick. Okay. Well, why don't you show people your Tevas? Okay. I mean, what do you guys, I think they're kind of dope. Like You look like the drug dealer in college. You've said this joke already. No, I he, I remember him. His name was Clay. And like, I look when, like Clay? Yes, whenever you wear those, I think of him. <laughs> and he had like a Grateful Dead blanket outside of his window, I, like a quilt that like, so everyone knew that's where you get the drugs. He put a quilt out? Yeah. That was like his on system? Like the fire escape in, in normal Illinois. Did that mean I have drugs currently or come get your drugs? It and was all good. It didn't matter. Right. It was just like time to party. I think I look fresh. You said that you bought them to walk in the river, and now you're wearing them on the podcast. Well, I'm just trying to be... I'm comfortable. First of all, let me just say, if you're watching on YouTube, you already know. If you're listening to this audio-based podcast... I'm taking a picture. I'm, yeah, take a picture, because I'm sitting in a pile of laundry right now, a, a two-foot... Oh, tall yeah. pile of laundry. We forgot to fold the laundry. There is no we. You did this. I forgot. Well, because I do the laundry. I. How many times? And by the way, we are not doing well as a couple, Natasha <laughs> and I. We are on the very fringes of separation, but we won't break up for the podcast. Like, well, we might not be together romantically, but as po we've said, right? We actually both signed a prenup, and it said if we ever start a podcast, that goes. I get third love as sponsorship. That's and, right. You get third love in the and divorce. You're keeping Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah bruise forever but um but i uh i don't do the laundry not because i'm not willing you won't allow me to because how many so don't but 
Do you know how to fold laundry? It doesn't seem like you would fold know Fold laundry? It's, yeah. Do you think that's hard? I mean, kind of. Do you know how to fold laundry? Because I'm looking at a monstrous, <laughs> like, thing-like pile of unfolded laundry. Now... I know, but I'm going to fold it tomorrow. And I thought, oh, people could see how we live. Well, this is how we live. This is our real life. And I'm dope. I look dope. I'm a cool dude. And I I like clothes. I always have liked clothes. And styles change, Natasha. Styles change. Things things move on. You know, people don't stay in the same... The I same. understand that. I just feel like... You're I got kind a different of changing look. it from top to bottom. I'm just I'm just moving on. And you know, I'll tell you the truth about me. Uh, I have always been a person whose style has evolved. You know, and I and I and and it's I think actually one of my better characteristics. I kind of change with the times. Are you look are you listening to me right now or are you pl- just putting your lacy panties on our dog's head? <laughs> Which thing would you like to do while we do this podcast? <laughs> Um, okay, I can accept that your child, that your childish, I'm sorry, that your um, style changes. Wait, how did that come out as childish, <laughs> though? That felt, I don't even know if you could count that as a Freudian slip. It was so on the nose. <laughs> anyway, the point is, what do you think of the Tevas? Uh, write in, let us know. These are the, these are not your dad's Tevas, by the way. I could handle Crocs. You I, could handle Crocs. Those I are worse than Tevas. Crocs are worse than Tevas. Crocs are worse than Tevas. I don't do Tevas. No, do tevas. This episode is called Crocs are worse than Tevas. <laughs> Wait, my daughter wears Crocs. I think it looks Your cute. Your daughter? Yeah, our child. Yeah, is my daughter as well. Your daughter wears Crocs. Yeah, and it she's, looks cute. You're right. That is a good point. The three-year-old who lives with us wears Crocs. She also wears uh, My Little Pony t-shirts should i are here's those my crocs are better okay tell me they don't force people to see your dumb toes you can't see my toes socks and sandals is isn't is like a you know what classic you sound like? no no you know what you sound like right now what a square you said you know what you really sound a like square you know because really? i think you shouldn't wear sweat socks and tevas let me tell you what you really you sound should get like? some of those um shoes that have a sock for each toe Oh, and you should wear those with your Tevas. And then you could put some Crocs on top of that. You'd look real fresh. <laughs> you know what you sound like, honestly? What? The dad from Footloose. <laughs> but around, about, around fashion, not dancing. You seem old-fashioned. You seem out of touch. And you don't really understand what gen- us Gen Zers go through. And now you're putting the panties on the dog again. <laughs> I just wanted to have a, be like a beret. <laughs> anyway, the point is, Natasha's... I this is what I really believe. I think you're a little bit intimidated by my style. I think you're like you're like damn, I didn't know I didn't know that for the rest of our relationship it was going to be a competition of like who looks the freshest. And it's something that bothers you and I understand that. I understand your insecurity and I want to help you f- help you figure out a way through this. All right. Well, why don't we take a call? No, I want to talk more about this. <laughs> Let's take. Can a you call. take the panties off of my dog's Why? head, please? It's funny. It's not funny anymore. That, he can't I mean, even see. Anyone like would a, think that was funny. He's like a horse. One hundred percent. People a, think that's funny. I Don't touch take it. it off. That's Why? my dog. Everyone thinks. Even people in PETA would think that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch it. Please don't touch it. Why did you do that? I don't want him to be blindfolded for the rest of the podcast. You really want to see through it. You just ruined it. You really want to put these panties. No, I wanted them how they were. It was so funny. It was bringing me joy. Okay, sorry. It's okay. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to destroy your joy through (laughs) dog torture. Here you go. There you go. He looks like a, uh, you know what he looks like right now is a Sicilian uh, housewife who's lost her mafioso lover. All right, honey, let's take a call. That's fine. Let's take a call. 
Okay, we're now going to call Annie, annoyingly spelled A-N-N-Y, <laughs> in Denver, Colorado. Hello? Hi, Hi, Annie. How are you? Ah! Are you so excited to be talking to us finally? Yeah. That's... Oh, my God. Can I ask you a question, Annie? And, like, this is serious. Yeah. Crocs or Tevas? Oh, Crocs. No. Thank you. All right, we got to go, Annie. It's been good. <laughs> Wait, no, I have both. You have both? Okay, very huh? cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's got both. What do you, okay, well. Does that make me a total Colorado girl? Oh, I guess so. Oh, right. she lives in Colorado. They, it they, doesn't count. No. It's a different, you're grading on a different curve here. But right now, I'll be honest with you, you look like an extra in an early Marky Mark music video. <laughs> I'm going to that as a compliment. You should. You should feel the vibration. I like the Calvin Klein underwear bra plus a flannel. But yeah, they're very Colorado. This is cool. I hear 90s is back. That's what I hear too, which is why a motherfucker bought a pair of Tevas. Why do you guys want to dress how how the people on the internet are telling you what's back? Because we're me and Annie share something, which is that we're freaking cool. I just take to the streets and wear what you I feel like. You take to the yep. streets, mm-hmm. okay? See uh, what's see what's up. See what I think is cool. See what like see see what looks good. That's what I do too. Annie, can I ask you a question real quick? Yes. Before we get into dealing with whatever you have going on and i assume what you're asking about is is advice on the correct way to spell the name annie uh but before we get into that um does this sound dope to you a a hat a dad cap it's with a snoopy it's a a a patch with a it's snoopy on a surfboard so it's like a kind of cool like retro vintage patch of snoopy he's surfing does that sound cool or not cool at all where are you wearing it on my head, is what I was thinking. To? To like formal, uh, you know, like no, weddings. No, just like for fashion, to hang out and yeah, stuff. Yeah, to hang out. I think if you have your child with you, it's adorable. Okay. All right. That's, that's a- what I mean. Like, I just don't get like um, Looney Tunes for adults. <laughs> like, do you want like a Tweety Bird shirt too? Like Tweety Bird and man. a Sylvester coming out of your pocket? Whatever, man. Annie, what's up? You'll How never you- convince me that that's cool, honey. Well... <laughs> We just, I guess we just understand cool differently. Annie, how can we help? All right. I have like a, a family question for you guys. So I want to know, should I get to know my birth mother and my half siblings, even though it feels like a huge betrayal to my wonderful adoptive mother? Does she think it's a betrayal? I don't know. We don't talk about the subject. Uh-huh. Hmm. Oh, what do you know about your birth mother? Does she feel like a safe person? Um, Or are you going to like open up, you know, a huge thing? I don't know her well. We have texted and that's it. Mm, You never met her? No. Right. What if you meet her and you're like, damn, you're busted? That would be a real heartbreak, you know? Literally, thanks to Ancestry.com, got in touch with a cousin and then got her phone number. And we've texted very little. Mm. And and what do you know about her? She lives in um, a couple states away in Utah. And um, she, uh, I don't know, seems like an interesting woman. She, she seems like she's had many lives. Do you know if she like has any issues? Like, does, you know, does she have any substance issues? Or do you know why she gave you up for adoption? I mean, doesn't everyone have issues? Not in our experience. Natasha and I are living a pretty perfect life. Why don't you take a look at our couch? 
I mean, no. I I I have a feeling about this, but I think it's hard for. What do you, I I have a, I have some thoughts. Go ahead. I'll, I have some too. It's hard for me and Natasha to understand the emotional context of what you're describing because we're not adopt. We weren't adopted. Mm-hmm. So this, but my my first gut instinct is that you don't live your life in service of your parent. You're, you 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 live your life. You love your parent, but you don't owe your your parent. And again, because I'm not adopted, I don't understand the the nuances of of that that relationship. I appreciate that that's incredibly complicated, etc. But you don't make all of your life choices based on like whether or not your mother would be like, that's good with my vision. That's not good with my vision. Like if you want to meet your birth mother and your adopted parents than you, rather your half-siblings, then you have the right to do that. You have to live your own life. And I'm sure your parents have been prepared for that your whole life. You know, I'm sure that's something that they prep people with when you're adopting. My mom has prepped me in my whole life to not want to meet this person. Oh. She was like talking shit. She was like, she's a buster. You don't want anything to do with her. Well, Fake ass, Utah ass, fuck her kind of a thing. The majority of adoptions are open adoptions. Mine is closed. And supposedly closed adoptions are usually that way for a reason. What does Um, that mean? I didn't know about this. You have to prove in front of a judge that like the child should not have contact with the biological mother. Mm. And a judge rules whether or not that's the case. And and the judge ruled that. Yeah. But that was how long ago? Um, 30 years yeah so it's like i mean but, but i mean when you're talking to your your mom i mean you do have to trust your birth your your you know your adoptive mom because you know she's telling you that this person might be toxic and unless they're like just jealous or something but you know she is probably trying to protect you by telling you this and you all have the added confirmation of the closed adoption you don't know much about this woman but what's the worst Um, but but i'm just saying what do you hope to get from it it might just be like a little bit of a pipe dream and you might open up this pandora's box where it's like now this person that you don't even really know that well wants to wants something from you wants your time wants your energy whatever it is and it might be more than you're willing to give because this person already from your mom who you trust told you this could be, but if there's something you really need to get from her, then, you know, maybe a Zoom would be nice. <laughs> we, could, we, could have the, we could have the two of you meet for the first time on our podcast. That could no, be I don't want to host that. Well, <laughs> I should arrange this. Well, so, yeah, um, tell no. us, your, what are your concerns? Like, do you want this? Is this something you want? Natasha is expressing all of my deepest fears spot on. That's yeah. exactly what I don't is to have open a Pandora's box of a relationship with a person I actually don't want a relationship with. You can't and, take that back. Yeah, and, and it's not even you don't want. You don't know if, if it's a safe person or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. You have um, two people telling you, or you have a court judgment, but I know it's from 30 years ago. Moshe kind of seems to to disagree with me. I don't dis... I, listen, I don't think you should meet her. I think you should... I, I am inherently distrustful of decisions made based on fear to, unless you are actually actively getting a bad feeling in in that case i think trust your instincts but it's but so it, emotional but, it, but whenever you're like oh I, i'm i'm worried like i have the x y and z possibility in the future back yeah. could, i don't like decisions based on that i like decisions based on like 
practical like reality do i want to meet this person am i is this important to my development as a human being to meet my birth mother and get to know her if yes do it if the answer is like no i have no desire to do that this feels like even though i'm curious it's like a morbid curiosity but i know it's a bad idea then i think no my only thing is like it's not i'm my advice is not you should meet her my advice is more i don't think you should make your decision based on is this a betrayal of my adopted mom is this uh you know is there a possibility that this is some bad idea it should be based on like what you're really experiencing and observing i and guess I, is what i think i think you could have one more talk with your mom who raised you and just say you know say what you're saying say what i said you know like i i am drawn to, i've texted with her a few times i am kind of drawn to see her but i just you know i wanted to know if you had any guidance or you know because i could go either way I, I don't know just try i don't know what your relationship is with like her does, does she like with her does she know that you have contacted her and what is your instinct that how would she react to just that information that you've been texting with her sending dick pics it would break her heart so would it break her heart because this woman's dangerous or something uh i think that her perception of this of her yeah is such um I think she would be worried for me. Do you trust her, You're the mom who raised you? Oh, yeah. My adoptive mother, of course I trust her. So she's not like trying to make you not like someone for no reason. I think she's right that like my adoptive mother would not have been a great influence to have growing up. But now that and it would not have been a good idea to grow up in that family. I'm glad I grew up in the family I'm in. Do you think, can I ask you a serious question? Do you think she would have spelled your name (laughs) A-N-N-I-E? Because in that case, she would have been a more positive influence. You know, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I'm sorry, I cut you off in an actual sincere moment. I apologize. Please. here's Here's the real question is I am definitely like tempted to go out there and meet her. Like you said, Moshe, uh, I'm not a person that lives under the constraints of my own fear and the adventure and the temptation is absolutely calling me out there for at least one visit. The real question is, do I keep it a secret and keep that information to myself? Great. So you've already made your decision. You've made your decision. Yeah, I think I've already made up my mind. But you could have, you could have boundaries when you go. Can can I? uh, Yeah. What boundaries? I don't know. Well, can I ask? (laughs) Think about it. I feel like we're missing some of the story. Like, what's the story? Why is this person so toxic that she didn't get an open adoption? Do you know? I I don't know the specific details. I know that she grew up with like a really awful family life. Uh, She didn't want to bring me into that family life. I'm not the only child that she gave up for adoption. I'm one of a couple, which is why I said, should I get to know these half siblings that Mm -hmm. I know are out there? Um, Because I'm one of several children given up for adoption. Are you in touch Uh, with them? No. And she's not either. So, so do you have so you would you you could look them up theoretically. I'm about to do a lot of DNA swabs and start looking for some siblings. Got it. How interesting. For sure I, you should get in touch with them, I think. I, think. I know, I agree. I think you should tell your mom and maybe let her know that I'm um, then that you you want it was 30 years ago and you want to have really firm boundaries and maybe you could ask her if she has any advice and say you know, I do want to meet her this one time. I'm sorry. It's like it just feels like I'm drawn to it. 
and, you know, nothing can take away what you've given me and, you know, compliment her. It's like breaking up with a boyfriend. And, uh, you Oh, you're breaking up with your adopted mom. And (laughs) and at the end of it, you say... Honesty. And I I think you can say I was afraid to tell you because I didn't want you to be upset, but it's more important to me to be honest with you because I love you. This is a good idea, but I would go a step further. I would sit your adopted mother down, your mother, your real mother down and and say, I would say, mom, uh, I really want to meet this person it has nothing to do with you. It's just something I need to do. And you've meant a lot to me in my life. And unfortunately, I am moving on. I have a new mom now. And I move into Utah. I just take it all the way. No, but I'm, I'm still wondering, that was a joke. I'm still wondering if I don't know what I think if it's her business or not. I mean, it is her business in some weird way, but I'm also like, why not? There are certain. It's her business because she has an active like. I'm just idea about it. All I'm saying is, if it would break her heart, and it's something you're going to do, I don't mm. necessarily know for sure if she. It needs to know every detail of right. your life. Like, I just don't... Like, she could tell her after. But I, I, I was thinking maybe she could give Forever. her advice. Like, it feels so easy to lie. It right. Feels right the but then you have a big secret from your mom, which is, I guess... I mean, it's not just a secret from your mom, because we all got secrets from our mom. Not everybody tells their mom everything, obviously. But this is the primary core secret. This is, like... The fundamental relational this is your primary secret that you could keep from her but it's also your primary heartbreak that you could give to her this is like down at the deep ooky core of your relationship i would imagine right yeah i think so what's your instinct say tell her don't tell her oh man um the the chicken shit part of me just wants to lie but I'm sure that like everyone who's telling me to have a hard conversation is secretly right. I, I think I if, if you feel like your mom could offer insight or some wisdom going into the situation, it might be worth asking her if you feel like she'll be reactive. And I mean, I don't know the lady, then maybe don't. I've, I've got it. I, I know the if answer. There's something that could help you. Yes, go ahead. I know the answer. Change the, change the spelling of your name. Um, no, the answer is, is this, I just realized it. The answer is yes, you need to tell her 100%. And here's why. Not because she deserves to know, because I don't know that people deserve any, like at a certain point, parent doesn't deserve anything but your love. That's the only thing that they that they deserve. And not everybody loves their parents, but you do and I do. And and they, they don't deserve to know everything about you. But here's the the more important reality. You won't be able to keep this a secret. You'll go, you'll lie, you'll go to Utah, you'll have this thing, and then for the rest of your relationship, it'll be like you cheated on your mom. And so for the rest of your relationship, every time you see her, you'll be like, (laughs) and you'll feel weird. And then eventually, you'll crumble and go, Mom, I need to tell you something. Five years ago, I went and saw this lady. And then she will be be like betrayed twice because you not only did you go do this thing, but you also lied to me about it for five years. So if, yeah, if she when she finds out, she's gonna feel so awful. Right. So it's because maybe you guys will have a relationship, you and your your birth mom. And what do you always say, Natasha? There's not a but there's not a good time to give bad news. To do a bad thing. Yeah. So it's like now's the time. I just I think that's what has to you have to tell her because eventually you'll tell her and then she'll be double heartbroken. By the way, again, I'm not an adoptee. I don't know what it's really like, obviously. 
but I don't think she has the right to make you feel guilty about the choices that you've made. What adopted person on earth wouldn't be at least slightly curious to meet their biological parent? It doesn't it, like it. It's not like I it's do a, think that if I had a really cool adoptive mom and I was like really happy and I knew that like my real mom was kind of a loser, I probably wouldn't want to meet her. That's a personal decision. I'm just saying if you did decide I'm going to meet her once because I want to know her. I don't think that your adoptive mom has the right to be like, how could you do this to me? It's like, well, well, well do you think this is a new story? I'm the first adopted person that's interested in meeting there. You know what I mean? It just feels like she doesn't have the right to do that. All right. Well, good luck. It sounds hard. What are you going to do before we let you go? Ah! What's your instinct tell you right now? Gun to your head. So I'm going to blend your advice. <laughs> talk, talk us through it. I'm going to probably go out there, go to Utah and have this meeting in person and then like confess my sins immediately when I get home. I like that idea. I think that's yeah. a really good idea. I'm going to tell her, but I'm, I want to like meet first. And, right. and don't drink when you're with the, the new mom. Like just try to like, don't like try to like maybe make it in the day, have a beginning, have an ending. Just try to have some like boundaries. And also... Drink, she so doesn't need that. to she doesn't need to know where you live either she doesn't need to know your address or any more information that she already has you know what i mean you don't have to you, you don't, just have to don't know who this person is or if you trust her yet right no right. i like that i like that you just want to know her and that's I the think, kind of boundaries you can have i think that's so normal and natural why to be curious why would you not be curious it just makes perfect sense and like who knows maybe you'll meet her and you'll be like wow you're so much cooler than my adopted mom and you could adopt your mom and as your <laughs> child you know, she might need to get her shit together and you seem like you really have your stuff going on. I so also think it's a great idea to not tell your uh, your real mom or your adopted mom because she might talk you out of it. And it seems right. like you're really drawn to doing it. Yeah, I mean, I always just do what I want. But here, here I would advise telling your adopted mom how hot your birth mom was. You <laughs> say that a lot. I mean, she knows. They met. <laughs> That's right. Well, good luck. And that you're sounds... so lucky that you got like a, you know, a, a great, now you have a, you know, an, a new, another mom to meet, but it's an, so lucky that a you. A person to meet. Your family. Yeah. Hey, uh, will you call us back and get in touch with us and tell us how it went? Because we're very curious. Yeah. Do you want an update? Absolutely. We'd love that. Okay. Yeah. I will follow your advice and give you an update. Okay. That's good great. luck, honey. Okay. Bye, Annie. Love you guys. We love you too. Bye. A N N Y, I like it. I know I like it too. I just thought it'd be fun to roast her about it a little bit, kind of like how you really secretly like my style. I'm, I don't like the Tevas, honey. I, I don't do like, like that's like one of those things. You know, like when you're like with a couple and you're like, oh yeah, we don't we don't really do that. Wait, when you're with it, what do you mean? Like you know, you guys are like simpatico. Like you know, you're like, oh, we don't really like music like that. You like you kind of share a world view. Like I thought you and I shared a view that did not involve Tevas. But see, here's the thing that. I think you're misunderstanding. You're you're living in a Tevas are for like granola. No, I don't like how it looks. I don't care who they're for. I don't like it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you're living in a world where it's like, oh, Tevas, that's like a mountaineer thing. But I'm saying they're like cool now. Let's take another call. Actually, wait, should we do secrets first? Yeah, let's do some secrets. Hey, Tosh. Hey, Mosh. So, I have a secret. Um, about three, little, little less than three years ago, uh, I started just randomly waking up with my neck cramping really bad, and 
didn't think it was a big deal. I didn't think anything of it at first. Um, but it very quickly started getting worse, and I was having tightness in my throat to the point where I was having trouble swallowing, and more and more foods were too hard for me. Then all of a sudden, I got to a day where it was so bad that I literally couldn't get anything down except for liquid. I had already been to the doctor, and I was like, all right, I have to figure out what's wrong here. So I tried to think what had changed recently, and it hit me that shortly before my next problems had started, I had bought myself, for the first time ever, a pocket pussy, and I became instantly addicted. I use it every day, usually several times, and we're not talking quickies here. I was using it excessively, so I thought, maybe I should stop using it for a couple of days. I did, and sure enough, I felt better. And then so I wouldn't be tempted, I just chucked it, and within the next month or two, I was 100% back to normal. Um, and now to this day, I have family members who will ask me, oh, what do you think happened? What was it that caused your neck problems? And I have to pretend I don't know because I can't tell them that it was actually because I was jerking off too hard. Uh, okay, uh, that's my secret. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye. Okay, what what was it though? A pocket pussy. It was no, probably like one of those. What is it? Well, you should know more than me. Oh, I know what a pocket pussy is. I've got being, fourteen. I imagine I'm saying what. Why did it make his neck just? Because he's like going like he's moving. <laughs> really? I think so. How? He's not used to having a lot of sex. He's having like hardcore well, sex. Oh, you're saying you're saying he was like kind of really getting into it. I'm assuming I see him laying down with like a canister that he just keeps putting over. Yeah, his but dick. check it out. Okay, I got a pocket pussy here. This is, right, I'm. Aren't I just going like this? Well, like, I, uh, where's your neck getting involved? Because he was like fucking it. He was fucking it. Yeah. He was. He had like bored a hole in his drywall, shoved the pocket pussy in there, and was like really hammering it. I'm surprised he didn't um, just try to do more what you're doing, move his hand more. That's what I'm saying. Instead of where's his, his body? whole neck thing? Oh, oh maybe, maybe it's he was from going the orgasms. Or maybe he was going down on it. No. So he was like in that weird <laughs> going down on it position. Maybe the orgasms were kind of like rocking his neck. I've never had an orgasm rock my neck. Maybe you need to work a little harder. Maybe you need to work a little harder. Ooh, that's a good that's a good point. <laughs> Kivas, let's play another secret. Hey, Mo Kurter and Todd. Um, so my secret is is that I really like my teacher at the adult learning center where I live, and every time I look him in the eyes, he keeps playing with his wedding ring. So I'm wondering, I think he kind of likes me too, but he doesn't really want to make a move. So I don't really know what to do about it. There's usually no one in the school because of COVID. And there's circumstances and stuff because of that. But I'm wondering how I should make a move. All right. Later, guys. Bye. I don't think you should make a move to come on to your teacher. And I'd be very curious if it was like, was it really more than once that he did that? Also, it's like you're calling us to get get us to advise you how to make a move on a married man. It's like, <laughs> don't do that. Go find someone else to fuck. You know what's bad about this secret is if he's right, he is going to fuck that guy for sure. Like I could hear it in his voice. He wasn't like. But that you can get the teacher in a lot of trouble, too. That's a funny way to look at it. Well, if he like totally comes on to the teacher. Right. You ever see Oleana? No. It's that kind of situation. Oh, yeah. The David Mamet play. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't think you should. It's funny, too, that he reads the playing with the wedding ring 
not as a um hey just so you know i'm uh, i'm married it's a <laughs> i really want this thing to get off of my finger so i can put it up you it's like what? is that possible that he's signaling you like hey bud think uh, stop staring at me <laughs> Uh, sorry i know it's 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 fa- fun fantasy what's that i mean it would be hot hot for teacher classic classic mm-hmm. song um have you ever fucked a teacher no definitely had crushes on them though it's easy to get a crush on a teacher hey i'll tell you what they know more than you i uh i hit up when i first moved to la hit up a graduate student teacher from my university you know one of those what do they call them the grad students that's in the classroom mm-hmm. that i had had like a connection with yeah, like the teacher's assistant or something. Yeah, never hit me back. Ooh. Yeah. I was like, hey, I'm an adult now. I'm here in L.A. Ready to rock your world. And was it a woman? Yes, honey, it was a woman. <laughs> what did they say back? They did not write back. What did you say, though? What you mean, was it a woman? I don't Are you know wondering you... if I dated men at some point and I haven't the brought way, it up to you? The way you were saying it. What do you mean? I don't know. I just was like, oh, he said, you said just you had a crush on them. I didn't know. It's sativa. Sorry, I just like. <laughs> okay, let's play another secret. Hi, Natasha and Moshe. Um, I live in Seattle, and I work at a bar and walk to work every day. It's a nice way to get some exercise. There are a lot of crows that also live in my neighborhood, and uh, over the last couple of years, I've taken a real shining to them. I find them to be very charming animals. Uh, they're surprisingly intelligent and uh, like to be fed. So I carry a little bottle of cat uh, kibble with me on my way and talk to them as I walk to work. They love it. Um, someone who doesn't love it, though, is a uh, older man who lives along my route to work. And um, every once in a while, he will see me and tell me to stop feeding the crows. Um, I usually just ignore him because, you know, I live in this neighborhood, too, and if this is what I want to do. It's what I'm going to do. But I try to avoid feeding the crows directly in front of his house from that point forward. This, however, did not appease him. And uh, every couple weeks when I would pass the house, he would say something increasingly more hostile to me. Um, at one point, calling me a fucking asshole. Um, at one point, uh, you know, yelling at me as I just ignored him and continued to walk away. Uh, and finally, uh, just a couple weeks ago, he just elevated even more while I was walking past. Um, and he approached me, again, not, not wearing a mask. He just came right up to me. And I just had had enough that day and screamed at the top of my lungs, get the fuck away from me. He starts screaming, but I can't really understand what he's saying because I don't really care, to be perfectly honest. But he's screaming his head off, you know, hurling profanity at me. And my response is to just yell back, look, dude, I don't want to see your penis. Please stop offering to show it to me. I yelled that at him twice and then just proceeded to continue to walk away. Um, He kept screaming at me for several minutes as I was walking, you know, so I was like a good block away before I couldn't hear him yelling at me anymore. Um, So I eventually decided probably the mature thing to do would be to just walk around that block, not walk on it, which I started doing. However, because I do work at a bar and here we are at the secret part, um, I often come home very late at night and decided, have decided a couple times that the best course of action was to walk down his block and, uh, See his car as I walk by. I've done this twice now. What? Um, and I don't really feel bad about it either. Uh, anyway, uh-huh. thanks for listening. I'm sorry if that story was kind of long, but don't I hope do that. You get a kick out of it. Kick out of it. I think that that is. Hey, I keyed a mentally ill old man's car. 
hope you get a kick out of it. Ta-ta. I'll be off feeding the crows. Yeah, I think that don't do that. Some next door shit right here. Don't do that. Yeah, don't key a car. Just don't. I don't think you can key the car. Teach the crows to key the car. To, to peck the car. That yeah. I'd be into. Have this that is something you did. Oh, this is bad. Key the car? Why don't you feel bad about it? But by the way, he's going to get caught too. He keeps doing it, stumbling home drunk. The guy's clearly watching the neighborhood. He's going to get <laughs> caught. Yeah, and in general, I wouldn't key a car. Don't key a car. Maybe we'll call that the episode Don't Key a Car. Okay, well, I think we have a caller in another country, so maybe we should give give them a call oh, this before is exciting. it gets too late. Although I wasn't... Maybe, maybe it's early there. Let's find out. Where are we calling? Who are we calling? Ooh. We're calling Alex in... Shenzhen. Shenzhen, China. Now, this is exciting. We've had Israel. Israel. We've had New Zealand. We have never had China. Alex. Hi, can Alex. You hear us? Hey. Yeah, how's it going? Good. You're a little casual, I feel like. <laughs> I, like, not even a real acknowledgement. That, hey, what's up, dude? Yeah, hey. Cool. Yeah. By the way, Alex, when I heard we had a caller from China, if I did a, like a character sketch of who I thought would be on the other end, it would have been your face. 100% for sure. <laughs> You're the guy I was picturing. Why do you live in China? I've been a teacher here for six years. Cool. What are you teaching? English. English, duh. What do you mean, duh? He could have been, you could be a genius in some other shit. I appreciate that because most people assume English and I did like the Canadian curriculum English. So we still do Shakespeare and all that stuff. But, you know, it's hard to explain. How, now, how <laughs> difficult is like the, your students, do they come to you speaking no English and you straight up teach them English or do they got oh, some? Oh, no. No, they, they're, I used to do grade 11 and 12 and they're, they're getting there. Um, it's they're pretty well established by this point. Got it. Uh, I don't have to do any basic stuff. So you're taking them to the to, taking them to the uh, the full functional. Well, the benefit is I don't have to really know any Chinese. So right, right. <laughs> that, that explains that cool. how I made it this far. So do you only know English? No, I've been learning. Actually, the reason I sent the message to your producer was that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Moshe said something. There was some caller saying they weren't doing something, and. Uh, he said, well, at least he's not a guy who's not learning Cantonese to talk to his family. It's like, well, that describes exactly the situation I'm in. Oh, interesting. <laughs> now, is wait, are you married to a Chinese woman? Is that the situation? No, so, well, it's going to, that's what we're going to get into. Let's it's, get it. It's Let's do it. It's more complicated than that. Let's do it. Well, before um, we get there, I am curious, is China mm -hmm. going to eventually topple the hegemony of the American uh, empire and become the dominant world force? And will we all be speaking? Will we all be needing to learn Chinese in our lifetime. It looks like it. Like you wouldn't know there's anything wrong here virus wise. Um, yeah, so won. things are pretty good on this oh, side of the is world. Is that true? <laughs> oh, it's the only, the only thing you can tell about there not being pandemic here is that the borders are closed. I've been home in two years, but living here is exactly the same as it was pre-virus. I guess let's move to China. All right. What's up, Alex? Tell us your, tell us your tale. So, the borders being closed is sort of the issue. So our life has gone back to normal here for the most part. But the complication is that our, my partner and I, she, it's her daughter. So I call her my daughter, but it's stepdaughter. She goes to school in Hong Kong. So it's been a year and a half since she's been in the classroom. Um, I work at a school. The condition is that if I have a kid, they can go to school for free. Must be biological kid or 
legally adopted. So we have to be married. We're not married. And the reason we're not married is she's still in her previous marriage and just slow wheels moving, trying to get out of it. Um, she is not hesitant to do it. We've talked about it. Um, we want to do it. There's a lot of like benefits for us, but more than just that, like the emotional um, side of it. But every time she like puts the kind of screws to her husband, trying to get him to cooperate even a little bit, it just goes nowhere and has gone nowhere for two years. So my question is, I, I want to be supportive of her. Um, her problem is she's sort of a like fatalist. Like if something seems impossible, she just won't even attempt it. <laughs> you know, so like we, we've tried to get like visas to travel and it's very difficult for uh, Chinese citizens. So she's like, oh, they're just going to say no. So we'll do it. So she won't keep put the pressure on him to get this process moving. Um, and I don't want to put the pressure on her to put the pressure on him when it's going nowhere. I just want to know really how to get her moving on it, but not kind of undercut her and not support her sort of thing. I mean, you're kind of in a relationship with someone who is not really a go-getter, someone to who like gets shit done and like figures out what they need to do and does it because that's I don't think that's something you can impart in her it's, it's not so much that because she's like that in well she's like that in this situation but she's not like that in her personal life like she's, she's a very hard worker it's just when she knows that every time she picks up the phone he's going to give her shit about whatever and hear the same comments repeated back that she's gotten the last two years she just says he's I know what he's going to say so it just gets left and then it gets left and we were on the verge of getting something done and then the borders closed. So we couldn't get it done. What? We're just sort of trying to move things along. She needs to get out of that relationship. Yeah, and what, then how much can well, you help her? <laughs> What's her plan? What's, what would she do? Just stay married for the rest of her life? Well, no, she, she's asked him, like she's gone to him and asked him, she said, this is what I need you to do. We can go and settle this. Like we can do it in court. Um, with the lawyers and get everybody involved. And he doesn't want to do that. Um, so what does no, he like, say? There's, he just says he's not then cooperating. She, then she needs to say, well, how do you want to do it? Because it's happening. Wait, what's up with China? Yeah. I mean, what's the deal with China? Can you, is it just like in the West? If you want a divorce, you can do it unilaterally? Well, it's, it's easier and harder in some ways. So the easy part is that um, she, there's no custody dispute. It wouldn't have come up in this case. He's not particularly interested in it, but in general, it just sort of defaults to the mother. So that makes that battle a lot easier. There's also no precedence for for alimony. So she doesn't get really any support from him at all, which is fine in this case because she doesn't really need it. Like we're, she's been without any support from him for two years. We're completely fine, completely covered. Um, she's got to go and get it done. And the, the question is whether we have to go sue for it or whether he can just agree to it. Um, there's not really any reason from my perspective why he wouldn't just agree to it because he's not getting anything. So, so I, we're back to my first question. What? Okay, so she doesn't want to push because it keeps being difficult and complicated she, what's her plan just continue to be married to this man for the rest of her life because she doesn't want to face the consequences she keeps, of she keeps pushing him every couple months it just there's been no progress on it like she's she's pushing but she won't my advice sort of was like at your judgment kind of go after him every every day or if he says something to you he messaged you and says not every day but if he messaged you saying something you go back and say i'd be happy to do that if you would just grant me the divorce like sort of just get in his ear and not let him forget it do you do you and have, I think it's just she gets sorry go ahead you you can't do you have the money to like have a lawyer write a really stern letter 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just the process of, of doing that. Like getting that done is way more difficult than just both people coming in agreeing to sign the paper. You know, I, I think Natasha's onto something. You need to get a third, encourage her because you've now have the evidence of how motivated she is. Is it possible that she just doesn't want to um, marry you and that this is an elaborate <laughs> ruse? That she's a, th- a, a theater piece? No, okay. Here's what it seems like. I think you're right, Natasha. Like, you have all the evidence you need on how motivated she is to face this uncomfortable situation head on. She doesn't want to mm-hmm. do it. So you got to get like a third party person. Like, you say to your wife, not, hey, you really need to tell your husband you want a divorce. You say instead, I think you and I need to hire an attorney. I don't know who it would Ooh, be. I know. Yes, I know. Here's here's what she needs to do. She needs to go tell him one more time. She needs to go mm-hmm. say, "Listen, she and, and before you sometimes you have to you maybe you can tell her this when you're coaching her like, I'm not I'm not a particularly like it's hard for me to strategize. It's hard for me to sometimes get things done, but I think going in with like points and bullet points and really knowing what you want from people in difficult situations can really help. So if you like just know the three things or whatever it is, she needs to present them to him, make it very simple. And if again, he's like, I don't really feel like doing that. Then you you have to find someone who can write something. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's someone you give $500 to, like a formal letter saying, you know, my client on this date asked you for this. You know, we are going to ask you for this signature and, you know, so on and so forth, whatever it is, signed this, the date, the time, the time, the date that she just talked to him and asked him one more time. She was trying to be cool. He said, no, she doesn't need to say, well, then I'm going to hire a lawyer. She just needs to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, finding the lawyer that might be difficult, but we had a legal situation and we've, we call, right. we had to make like six phone calls and wait two weeks for people to call us back. But we finally found someone who would write us a letter. Yeah. Natasha forced me and it was uncomfortable <laughs> for me to write to my ex-wife and really serve her with papers and say, this is it and get my palimony. And uh, we've been living on high on the hog ever since. But also encourage her that it's okay that she doesn't feel like, you know, it's hard for her because obviously she wants to marry you and she wants her daughter to have like the best possible. And she can say this to the stupid husband, ex-husband, you know, it's for my daughter. And for these reasons alone, I really want to do this and I need your compliance. And if you don't, I'm going to have to like seek outside help and see what happens. But you're more asking how you can help, how you can facilitate it. Well, we were on the, the doorstep of doing that, but because they have the Hong Kong residency, the Hong Kong borders are still closed. So if we wanted to go, like we were working on the, whatever, the full legal draft. Do and they, now we can't, or she can cross, but she'd have to quarantine for 21 days and do all of that stuff. So, she can't really do that. So. What does she have to go to Hong Kong for? Is he in Hong Kong? Is that the? Well, that's where, and that's where their marriage license is. And that's where it needs so to be. So she has to physically go to where their marriage license is to dissolve it kind of a thing. Yeah, we live like 20 minutes. I can see Hong Kong from my house, but it's on the other side of the border. So she'd have to cross. We usually we could do that in the afternoon, but now it's 21 days. Sound like Sarah Palin over here. Yeah. I'm talking about. Oh. Um, wait, wait, hold on. I have a quick question. Can you do it mm-hmm. on Zoom? Can she do Not it on the, Zoom? They can do the bartering, but they can't do any of the legal. Like if we wanted to get the, the part I was talking about where they just both come in and agree, they sign it and then we leave. And then it's just notarized and all that. We could do that on Zoom. But as far as getting any like third party counsel, anything, and you actually need to be there and she'd still need to do the actual business. So I think right now your relation, your job as a person in a relationship is very clear. It's just to be supportive of her in a time in something that's very difficult. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're feeling a little bit cucked by this, you know, cool Hong Kong guy, <laughs> you know, but it's like but right, his job isn't just to be supportive because she's not. She keeps saying. But they ha- but now you've got an international situation that you can't. 
you can't cross the border to do it even if she was ready to do it. So in the meantime, here's my suggestion. Well, what's up? Does she speak English? Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. do you speak, is it Cantonese or, or Mandarin that she speaks? So they're, they, Cantonese is their first language. Everybody here has to learn Mandarin because that's the so national language. she knows language. Mandarin, Cantonese, and English. And English. You, and you know English. And I'm <laughs> developing my Mandarin. I would, along. I would just stick around and hope that she doesn't kick you to the curb, man. I mean, she seems <laughs> like an international warrior. No, I think that, yeah. uh, here's an idea. I, I don't know what, how she would respond to this, but what if you guys, um, like how what if you guys t like talked to someone together not a lawyer but like a kind of you know a coach or a therapist to just get her in the zone of like you know mentally what she wants to do when when the borders open to like get her mind like ready to fight this fight well i i think um natasha's advice was what we've we've sort of done where it's just like get it more formal and legalized um I guess my my problem the problem isn't with us the problem is how much it it was my instinct to just keep in his ear all the time and like never let him oh, forget you... it it's a possibility do I just like let it lie until the borders open like do I just drop it until they can actually do it do or... you do you do you talk to the guy directly no 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 she well he he doesn't speak English at all so you're saying no... should you bug your partner to bug her ex constantly and say divorce coming like omar coming from the wire just divorce yeah. coming just so you know when those borders open up baby i'm out of here is that what you're that's what well, you're I, I think if it were me being the one divorced i'd want to i would appreciate the heads up sort of thing um i know he already knows but you know like now it's been two years where they haven't been able to cross the border should you just wait till they open and like kick the door open and surprise him with the paper or do i just keep no i heard to keep telling him it's coming it's coming. <laughs> I think finding a combo, uh, something in the middle of those two things, which is having her write a letter, maybe, maybe help some find somebody to help, or maybe even just a personal letter could work. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, just like you know, just just being real and just saying like really no emotion, just like clearly what she needs and what she wants, and you mm -hmm. know she's she, you know this this time has been really challenging for her, and you know she's made these decisions, and she thanks him for everything he's given her and the alimony the I would attention try that to her before. children all that and 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 say and you know and yeah you just have to people need to let go but i do th i think you're right like writing a letter instead of calling every week that sounds annoying and it will create conflict writing one yeah. letter that says very clearly so you know my plan when the borders open up is to as quickly as possible mm -hmm. get this divorce finished but mm -hmm. by, by however I have to do it and then leave it at that. And the and, minute those borders open, you get over there and do it. And, and if your girlfriend doesn't want to do that, then that's another layer that you got to deal with. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm it. We've done the, most of those, those steps you've, you've outlined. Like it's, it's, it's bang on with what we've been, Good. what we've been trying. Well, it seems like, it, <laughs> it seems like you guys are doing a great job. And honestly, and I don't mean this offensively. I'm on his side, on the ex-husband's <laughs> side. A hundred percent. He seems like. Yeah, why is that? He seems. He just seems cool. <laughs> he seems cool to me. You know. I like him too. He seems neat. He doesn't want anything to do with his kid. He won't grant yeah. his wife, who's not with a divorce, who lives <laughs> in another province. Like it just seems to me like that's the dude for me. I'm not into this like love connection you and she have, and you're trying to be a good dad to to your stepdaughter and like find her an education. All that just seems like that's bullshit. Like I'm about that 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 dude in Hong Kong was like fuck fuck polite 
I'm just going to stay married to this woman. I'm going to keep her trapped in this marriage. I'm not going to be a father, and I'm not going to send any alimony. He just seems cool. That's all. Hey, I'm a white devil. you got to protect your family somehow. <laughs> well, good luck. And I think that, yes, forcing her to like, because it's, it's probably, you know, maybe it's hard for her. Whatever their dynamic was, clearly she didn't feel like she could have her voice, you know, and mm-hmm. and he's not still not listening to her because he wants to keep this up. And she's changed now and she's met you and she, you know, and and it's better. And also it's better for her family. If she, if she gets out of that divorce, your child gets an education, but here's what I would say. And that's what she should put in the letter to him too. Right. My final yeah. thought, my, my Jerry Springer-esque final thought is <sighs> not to forget. And I'm sure you haven't, cause you seem like a nice guy, but not to forget that your job isn't j- just to focus on what you want, which is to be married to this woman and to like get your get get your stability and get your mm-hmm. life going. It's also to be supportive of this woman that you love, who's going through a very difficult is in a relationship with a, an, an ex that's extremely difficult. Just to remember that your job isn't just to take control and tell her how to get out of the marriage, but also to just love her and support her through that. That's what I would say. Just like if they the t- had any, if they had any sort of common law set up here, I'd be fine just with that. I don't want to be married because that's the most magical day of my life. It was just that's right. kind of what we have to do. No, you s- no we you, know you're basic. You, you seem like a romantic guy. <laughs> you do seem like a yeah. romantic guy. And here's the thing: like you just have to like support her through the difficult times. Like Natasha is supporting me through my Tiva phase. And I got these sandals and she doesn't like them, but she just knows she has to support me through that. Just because like a model wears something and they say it's in style doesn't mean it looks good on you. All right. Look, Alex, we got we got to go. Good luck to you. And I hope that you get married soon. That's what we're hoping for. Same here. We want to come visit in Shenzhen or (laughs) take us to Hong Kong. That sounds fun. And Mazel Tov. I'm glad you met your your gal. Yeah. And it sounds like you like her kids. So, you know, we get along great. Teach teach her how to like go after what she wants and make it happen, and do you she'll know be to, really happy. Do you know how to say um, "Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon" podcast in Mandarin? Was that I'm hard? I'm still learning All right, numbers sorry. and shapes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how to say "circle"? <laughs> still no. Okay. How about how about the number one? Yeah, just the number one. E. E. Okay, that's good. Hey, you know what? Nice and easy. Your number E to us. <laughs> Okay. Just, just, yeah. Okay. Bye, good Alex. luck. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, I do big wonder. trouble in little China. <laughs> That's what I think that is. I do wonder if she kind of secretly wants to stay with the guy. Probably not. I don't think she wants to stay with him. I, like, it's funny. Both of the calls today. This is kind of interesting. Both of the calls today were of such a specific culture mm-hmm. that I felt like I wasn't like I could only talk to the like humanity of it but like i don't know what divorce custom is like in china it might be so crazy different that i have no context for it and i don't know what the what the etiquette of uh, seeing your birth mother is when you're adopted i like i just don't have the context for it so it could be that it's a whole different dynamic and this dude's just like jumping in this canadian guy jumping in going like when you want a divorce in canada you just pour maple syrup on somebody and you're divorced you know like he might not even (laughs) fully get it you know what i mean yeah, it's like a whole different thing. Like I know in my culture, in like Hasidic Judaism, the man has to grant the woman a divorce. Is that true? Yeah, it's awful. And if if they can get out, but that's a certain sect. That's Hasidic Judaism. Uh, well, it, honestly, it's not. It's all. So right now, you'd have to, in, in us being Jewish, you'd have to. Okay. Yeah. Like okay. So we signed that get. We signed the marriage contract. Yeah. 
well, that's not a legally binding contract in some court of law, right? You and I could get a divorce, which you've been fantasizing about since I got the Tevas, right? And you'd be divorced legally. But if you were really a religious Jew, which you are in so many ways, but in some ways you're not. But if you were really a religious Jew, you would also need me to nullify that marriage contract that we signed. Or you would be like, I'm, I'm, in a, you know, I'm still married in the eyes of God, right? And the only way to get out of that marriage contract is for me to let you out of it, right? And so 90% of the time, divorces, you know, the, the guy will just let the woman out of it, right? But 10% of the time, the guy is like, I won't do it. And there's no legal, uh, religiously legal recourse in, in, Jew, in the Jewish religion for women to get out of their marriage. And so what the community does, and it's pretty horrifying and awful. But and I don't know why they don't just change the rule, but they're like, God wants it this way. God loves contracts. But uh, the only way to get the guy to who's like being a stubborn, you know, divorce refuser to do it is they do these sustained campaigns of public shaming. They'll go to like the Hasidic and Orthodox community will literally like, they'll they'll like blast out on the internet or in the newspaper, like this dude won't grant his wife a divorce. She's trapped in this marriage. Like go to his work, go to his house. And they'll like pick at the dude's work. They'll pick at his house. They'll like try to basically shame him into relenting. If you think that men have any more power or rights than women you're part of the problem why are you reading a bumper sticker off of your car <laughs> no but i it's, agree I'm it's not, like i'm not supporting it i'm saying that's the that's what that reality is it's a, a cultural bizarre but you, we need to change that but you and me in general i think people in little ways like even this girl this woman who's about to marry this guy like just like sticking up for herself because you like to get into it and sometimes you try to teach me to get into it but if it's easier to just pacify people sometimes I would rather do that because I don't want to like get into it with people who 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 won't change but you know so I just try to in that case manipulate to get what I want how would you manipulate this Hong Kong guy the dad the the husband yeah I would send him an an earnest letter Mm -hmm. and tell him exactly what I wanted. And knowing him would try to think like what else I could get, give him to get that. So I would be like, if he liked the kid, I would be like in every, you know, and I'll try to have her send you letters. He doesn't like the kid. Okay, he doesn't like the kid. What, uh, so I would, I would just be like, oh, then you know what I would offer? I would say, I really appreciate this, this, and this that you did for us. But now it's time for me to move on and I'm going to do that with or without your compliance. So I, mm. you know, if you want to make it easy, I think that's what I would do. I don't know. I mean, if he abused me or something, maybe I wouldn't be strong enough to say that. But I would just try to make it simple and easy for him. Like, here, sign this. It'll be at your house. All, or here, you can docu-sign this. You just have to press two buttons. I, I would just try to, like, lay it out simply. And then if he... If he didn't agree to it, I would hire somebody to send a menacing letter and try again. And then I would try again. And then I would just wear him down. I probably. don't know if I like how verbose you're being about <laughs> the very specifics of what you would put into a I need to get out of this marriage letter. You have this at the ready and it's a whole monologue. And no, because I've never I was seen thinking... you more animated in my life. No, I was thinking about her because it's hard. And, and I don't know what her relationship was like, but... I know what it's like to be a woman and to be constantly oppressed and to feel like your your rights matter 10% more than mine or 50% more than mine. And, you know, it's it's it sucks. And so I hope that this is a time that is going to it, it'll soon be out 
outdated. This will be an old mode. Honestly, I too understand depression and discrimination. I actually live with a person who constantly discriminates against my fashion choices. And so I understand, I too understand the struggle that this woman is going through. All right, honey. Well, why don't we post a picture of your shoes and sock combo and see what people think? Okay. And, uh, you know, I think I look cool. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, honey. Yeah. Here's the good news. What? You're never going to have to draft a letter like that. Why? You know why? <laughs> why? Because I love you. I love you too. <laughs> 